songs to God. It's not enough to just say that we love God, but we need to express that to him. Amen. If you would stand with me for a moment. Psalms 110. This is a prophetic psalm because it looks into the future. It looks down through the generations and how many know that the Bible said that Jesus would be the root of David. Amen. Psalms 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way, therefore, shall he lift up the head. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. Hebrews chapter 5. When you get it, say amen. While you're finding that, find also the book of Ephesians. You're in Hebrews chapter 5. Amen. After Timothy. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4 says, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron, speaking of the priesthood. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of who? Melchizedek. Now go with me to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 and after that you can take your seat. It's an epistle of Paul, the apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What did he, what did he choose us? In him. The title of the message is The Order of Melchizedek. You may be seated. The Order of 
Melchizedek. David saw this order of Melchizedek and he saw the one who would come through this order. There was the order of Aaron as far as the priesthood. Aaron, the brother of Moses, ministered in the temple, in the tabernacle, and ministered in the things of God. Somewhere I read that Jesus said that I would give you praise in the assembly of my brethren. So he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us that his death was a very significant thing. The Bible tells us that Jesus died one time. And when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. And so the work that Jesus began to do when he was born of a virgin and the work that he began to do when he selected 12 men, 12 apostles, 12 Talmudin or 12 men who would sit under him and study his teaching so that he could impart his teaching unto them. When he died, the Bible said that Jesus said that it is finished. Now, this Melchizedek did not have neither father nor mother. He did not have beginning of life nor end of days. He's somewhat of a mysterious figure, but as you read the Bible and as you study Melchizedek, you will find a striking comparison to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, 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 and in the book of Genesis, let me, let me just read some of this to you. In the book of Genesis, chapter 14, if you want to follow along, and I'm not going to be long this morning. I just want to say what God told me to say, and I'm going back to my seat. There was a battle that was wrought. There was a conflict that was entered into. There was a battle that was between the kings of this earth. And did you notice in Psalms 110 what God said about the kings of this earth who really think that they're ruling everything but in essence they are ruling nothing because God said that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and those that think that they're going to stand in the way of God the Bible says Pastor LaGrange said why does the why does the heathen rage and why does those of the earth imagine a vain thing? These people are only, are, are only uh, 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 objects that God is using. All of these governors that think they're ruling everything and, and the president of the United States that think he's ruling everything. Let me tell you, there's one who is the king of kings and there is one who is the Lord of lords. So they had, you see, the Bible says that one day that every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. That's every governor. That's every mayor. That's every politician. That is everyone in the White House that think they're running things, but yet they're going to find out one day who is really in charge. One day they're going to find out. And there was a conflict that ensued. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 14, and it came to pass in the days of Amraphel. 
king of Shinar. That's where the Tower of Babel began. That's where uh, Nimrod began his tower because the people wanted a government that were governed by themselves. Ariok, king of Elazar, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, the king of nations. That these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Beersha, king of Gomorrah. You ever wondered who the king of Sodom and Gomorrah was? Shinab, king of Adma, and Shemaber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zor. All of these were joined together in the vale of Sidim to gather for war, which is in the salt sea, which is by the dead sea, which nothing lives in the dead sea. Twelve years they served Chedorlaomer, but in the 13th year they rebelled. There was a power struggle, and today in our society, there is a power struggle, one nation against the other nation. Jesus said that in the last days, nation shall rise against nation. People shall rise against people. That's how you know it's almost over. And in the 14th year came Chedorlaomer and the kings that were with him and smote the Rephames in Ashtaroth, Kiranaim. And the Zuzims in Ham, and the Emims in Sheva, and, and Kirathim, and the Horites in their Mount Seir, until El Paran, which is by the wilderness. And they returned and came to Misphat, which is Kadesh, and smote all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites that dwelt in Hazazan Tamar. All of the people that think they're striving against you, guess what? That might not sound familiar with you, but that's some of the same places that Israel had to go through when they came out of Egypt. They had to pass through all those places. They had to dispossess all those enemies. So the, what, is the, what is the correlation here? God is saying, whatever stands against you, I'm going to get the ones that are just like them to deal with them. Oh, y'all going to get it after a while. Everybody who think they're planning against you, the plan going to backfire. The devil himself, that's what I'm talking about. The enemy that think he's setting you up for a downfall are the very ones that God is using to raise you up. They're the very ones that God's going to use to promote you. The very ones that God's going to use to move you into the place that he wants you to be. Job said, when I've come forth, I shall come forth as pure gold. It was the devil who had plotted against him. It was the devil who had schemed against him. It was the devil who was trying to get Job to, to renounce his faith in God. But yet Job said, guess what? When I come out of this, when I come forth, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. All these trials are doing is making me better. All these trials are doing is making me know him better. All these trials are doing is pushing me towards him. All these trials are doing is refining my character because I don't respond like I used to because I've been through something mama I've been through something and I don't respond like I used to because now there are things that are built in me that wouldn't have never been built in me if God hadn't allowed me to go through what he allowed me to go through hallelujah and there went out the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the, the king of Adma, and the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, the same is Zor. And they joined the battle. Mm -hmm. It was a great conflict. It was a great battle. With them in the vale of Siddim, with Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and uh, with Tidal, king of nations. Who know who the real king of nations is? And all nations shall come unto him. And Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elazar, four kings with five. 
four against five. And the veil of Sidon was full of slime pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there. And they that remained fled to the mountains. Everybody was running now. They took, they, and they took all of the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals or all their foods. How many know what victuals is? Amen. And went their way. And, there, and, 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 and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshkel, and the brother of Anar. And these were confederate with Abram. God's always going to have somebody who's with you. When it looks like the whole world is against you, God is always going to have somebody that's praying for you. God is always going to have somebody that's standing with you, especially when you're standing for the right things. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. They were confederate with Abram. Amen. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants. How many trained servants we have in here? Y'all don't know how to do no spiritual warfare? I wish I had somebody that knew how to fight the devil. I wish I knew I, I wish I knew somebody know something about the blood of that cross that will shut everything down that he tries to do. I wish I had somebody that knows with the victory that Jesus wrought over the devil at the cross and made an open show of them. He said, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. I hear a lot of times about how the devil is, is working and how the devil's doing this and how the devil is doing that. But how many of us are ready to chase the devil? How many of us are ready to run him out of town? You can't do it by yourself. But the Lord said it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. I need some people that's going to start getting on the offensive and stop being on the defensive and talking all the time about what the devil doing to my children and talking all the time about what the devil doing to your husband. And talking all the time about what the devil doing to your wife and your friend in your neighborhood. I need some people that say, look, this is enough. Enough is enough. We have power in the name of Jesus. We can come against him with the authority of Jesus Christ. We can shut his whole program down when we learn how to do battle. Amen. The Bible says, and he divided himself against them. Let me tell you something now. It's not a natural battle, but the Bible said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against power and principalities in high places. Amen? Let me tell you something. It's time out for fighting one another. We need to realize what spirit is at operation in that thing. When somebody's coming against you, just God to show you what spirit's operating so you can call that spirit out. It's a spiritual thing. Yes, it is. It's a spiritual thing. We think we think it's that person, but it's really the spirit of the devil that is using them to come against you and come against us and come against the work of God. In our own personal lives, on our job, it's not your co-worker. Stop fighting your co-worker and fight that devil that's using them. Because your co-worker has a soul that God wants to save too. He and his servants, Abram, by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, 
which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. You see that? He didn't leave anybody behind. The devil's not going to have any captives. He thinks he's got this neighborhood. He thinks he's got your family. He thinks he's got that lady across the street. But let me tell you something. When we go in there and take what he has, he's not going to have nothing left. Oh, I wish I had a praying church. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him. After his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer and of the kings that were with Abram at the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale. And verse 18 says, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. We, we need to remember that when things are going on in the world, who really owns the world? Possessor of heaven and earth. Stop looking at the circumstances. Look at the one who is in control of everything. And blessed be the most high God, which had delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. What did it say Melchizedek brought? He brought bread and wine. Bread and wine. What are we doing here today? Are we not going to eat the bread? And are we not going to drink, Lord willing, the wine? This man, Melchizedek, but as I seek to unfold the text of scripture that the Lord has given me for our consideration in this Genesis account or narrative this morning, let us not divide or dive into the text to simply glean or gather its historical information. We don't want to look at the word. We want to look into the word but on the contrary let us seek the revelatory aid of the Holy Spirit to see with the inward eyes of our understanding of our spirit man the great implications that this exchange between Abram and Melchizedek what was its significance to us what were the implications for you and I today this Melchizedek as it concerns him in this message, Melchizedek, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1, he was the king of Salem. In the Hebrew, it means king of peace. Peace means to be made whole or complete. He was the king of peace. He was the king who causes wholeness or completeness in a person's life. How many know that the king is the one who hands down the orders? The king is the one who hands down the order for his kingdom. And this king was the king of peace. If we're going to have any peace, it is going to be in Jesus Christ. If we're going to have any wholeness, it's going to be in Jesus Christ. Why do we think that Jesus allowed his body to be broken so that we could be whole? The Bible said in Isaiah that by his stripes we are healed. The Lord wants to heal everything in our body. The Lord wants to heal our broken heart. The Lord wants to heal our troubled mind. The Lord wants to heal a broken marriage. The Lord wants to heal broken relationships. The Lord wants to heal broken lives. He allowed himself to be broken so that we could be made whole. Sedek, Melchizedek, Sedek means justice, righteousness, 
equity, right, justness, or weights and measures. This Melchizedek was the king of righteousness. How many know that Jesus is going to come back and he is the king of righteousness? He was the priest. Priest in the, in the Hebrew means Kohen or Kohen, a principal officer, a chief ruler, or an officiant. The priest, a priest, what did the priest do in the Old Testament? Because my Bible tells me that when Jesus died on the cross, when he said it is finished, the Bible tells me that, that, that beside the curtain, there was the, the Ark of the Covenant. There was the presence of God. But on the other side of the veil, on the other side of the curtain, was the priest. And the priest could only go so far. God's presence was here and the priest was there. And there was a, a dividing line between the both of them but the Bible said that when Jesus died on the cross when he said it is finished the Bible said that curtain was rent from top to bottom the curtain the way into God's presence was made through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ we don't have to stand on this side of the veil anymore but we can go right into the presence of God right into his presence so a priest is one who is called by God as was Aaron, Moses' brother, who was taken or chosen among men and ordained for men in things that pertain to God, that they may offer both gifts and sacrifices. Hebrews 5.1 tells us that he, as a priest, was able to have compassion on the ignorant or unlearned and on them that are out of the way. For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity or weakness. Jesus became a priest, but he had to take on flesh and blood because he has to become like you and I so that he can know personally what you and I go through. So when we're going through it, he's able to help us in it because he understands. The Bible said that we have not a great high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but with an all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. When you're going through something, Jesus tells you, I understand. When you're going through something, Jesus says, I'm right here. I've been there. And you know, sometimes we can tell other people, well, how can you tell me anything? You've never been through what I've been through. But there's not one of us in this room that can tell Jesus, you've never been what I've been through. Because the Bible said that Jesus was tempted in all points. Like as we are, yet without sin. If I want somebody to walk with me, I want them to walk with me because they understand where I am. Yes, sir. They understand what I'm going through. Yes, sir. The Bible says that these kings got into a conflict. How many know that there is a great Struggle. The greatest struggle in the world, the thing that has the world out of kilter right now is the will of man. It's one man trying to exalt his will over another man. It's one man trying to show that he's stronger than another man. It's one man trying to be in control of everything. 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 Trying to be in control. Amraphel means a sayer of darkness. Chedalamur means uh, to be hidden. Ariok, which was one of the kings, means uh, to be like a lion. How many know that the Bible said that your enemy, the devil, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about as what? As a roaring lion. This man had a nature where he devoured other men. Yes. Oh, I wish I had a praying. Y'all ready to go? I know. I wish I had a praying church. It said title, king of nations. It said they made war 
with Bera, the king of Sodom, and Bera means evil. Y'all, y'all getting the message? All of these names denote character. All of these names are talking about their disposition. The battle that we as people fight today is a hereditary battle. It is a dispositional battle. Why did Jesus shed his blood on the cross? Because we needed new blood. Because the blood that we got from Adam was contaminated. The blood that we got from Adam causes us at times to be crossways with people. The blood that we got from Adam will cause you to cuss somebody out. The blood that we got from Adam will cause you to imagine evil things. The blood that we got from Adam will make us go round and round and round and round with the same old things over and over and over and over again. But the Bible said that the Spirit of God is not by might, is not by power, but is by his spirit, says the Lord. The Lord wants to fight for us in our disposition. The Lord wants to give us a new nature so whereas we don't have to try to be a Christian, we are a Christian in our heart. If you catch me on my job, I'm witnessing to somebody like I did on yesterday. I'm not trying to toot my horn, but it's because of the Lord. It is the Lord's doing. The Bible said, and it is marvelous in our eyes. People, if we're going to be fixed, God will have to do the fixing. But we're not going to be fixed until he gets down on the inside and fixes us from the inside out. Christianity doesn't go from the outside in. It goes from the inside out. Some of us keep fighting the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, over and over again. I want to be nice, but I'm just mean. I want, I don't, you know, I don't want to give them a piece of my mind, but it just happens. No, it doesn't just happen. It just happens. It happens because there's something in me that needs to be addressed. There's something in me that needs to be fixed. When all of this was going on, when all these kings were fighting, when all of this thing, this is a picture. This is a picture of heredity. This is a picture of man's nature coming against one another in a struggle with one another, in a power struggle with one another, coming against one another, fighting one another, and all this kind of thing. But these men could not separate who they are and their actions. Let me tell you something. I can't separate who I am from my actions. I can put on a good show, but how many know that the curtain is going to close after a while and they're going to say, that's all, folks? Huh? That's only so long. That's only so long that I can put on. And let me tell you something. I don't like that, Reverend Wolf. Pastor Wolf, I don't like that. Because I don't want to get in front of everybody else. Everybody else think Reverend Lewis is so great. But then when I go home, I'm a whole nother person when I get in private. Doing things that I wouldn't want nobody to know about. Spending my time and things. That, you know why? Because there's something in me that needs to be taken out of me. And just going to church will not take that out of me. I need to be in church. The Bible said not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the man of some. I need to be in church, but while I'm in church, I need some revelation. I need God. I need some contact with God. If I don't make any contact with God, then guess what? I'm going to leave here the same way I came. All right, Abraham, Abraham, 
before he became Abraham, while he was out there fighting with these men who were fighting with themselves and their nature and all that kind of thing. The Bible said, the Bible said that, that Melchizedek came out of nowhere. How many know that Jesus will come out of nowhere? Yes! He'll come out of nowhere. He knows right where you located at. He knows right where you're sitting at. He knows right where you live at. He knows your phone number. He knows the hairs on your head. And while you are fighting with your nature, Jesus shows up and gives you power over your nature. Jesus gave Abram power over all these men. The Bible says that when he heard about his nephew Lot, what did he do? The Bible said that he got his trained men. You see, sometimes people, some of our loved ones, have gotten themselves into a bad spot. That's right. That's right. Lot, God told, first of all, God told Abram, he said, get out from among your kingdom. That's right, And your acquaintances. Yes. He ain't nobody with you. Wasn't Lot his nephew? That's Why did he right. take Lot with him? That's added with him. God will do what he has to do with Lot. You just go and do what I told you to do. Come on. Because Lot has some things about him that will hold you back. Now Abram had to get into a battle that he would have never had to fight if he had listened to God. Come on. Come on. If he had just left Lot where he was at, he would have never had to get into that battle. We get into battles because we don't listen to God or because we listen but we don't obey. Come on. Oh, I love Lot. That's oh, my Jesus. I love Lot. Come on, oh, let's, go, man. let's go, Lot. I love you, brother. I don't want to leave you back here. You're my brother's son. Huh? But the Bible said that when Abram heard about Lot, what did he do? He said, oh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Lot's in trouble. He's in trouble. He's got himself in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. But Abram aided him to get there. Come on. Huh? Come on. He aided him to get there. Now he's got to get him out of that bad spot. Mm-hmm. Don't be no stumbling block. That's it. Don't, 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 don't be the cause of somebody else stumbling. One of your family members stumbling. When God tells you to do something, do it. And That's you know what it Because God is big enough to take care of you. Yes. 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 God is able to do it. Oh, help us. God. So when he heard about it, he said that he got his trained men that were born in his house. Come on. Y'all got the picture? There's some people that have been born in this house. I'm not Come talking on. about just this by natural birth. I'm talking about spiritual birth. Yes. There are some people that have been born into this house that need to be trained. Oh, yes. That's right. The Bible said a little bit later on, he said, by now, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Come but you need somebody to teach you again. Come on. What be the elementary things of God? Because you can't handle strong meat, some of you, but you need milk. But he said he gathered up the men of his house. There ought to be some people in this church. Yeah. Come on. That when somebody's loved one is in trouble, yeah. you ought to know how to go get him. Come on. You ought to know yeah. how to pick him. Yeah. You ought to know how to come. come you ought to know how to go out yeah. and talk to them. You ought to know how to be a vessel yes. so that you can be go to war for them and bring them back. Yes. It's not 
walking on that, but we met one on me. What we say in the name of Jesus. Come on. You coming out of here. Yes, yes, yes. I don't yes, the devil. I bind the devil. You yes. need to tell that Jesus yes. died on the cross, shed his blood, mm. broke his body, and yet we're going to act like we don't have no power. Come on. Come on. It's time to do what? Jesus suffered all that for us. Died on the cross, took a spear in his side. They spit in his face. They plucked out his beard. My Lord, my God. They, they did all that to him. So that we can have power. Yeah. yeah. Power to raise the dead. Yeah. Power to heal the sick. Yeah. Power to walk into that nursing home and say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, get on up. Get on up. Get on up. Because I know I believe God. Yeah. Yes. said, I looked in my hand to God. And when the king of Sodom tried to give him anything, mm -hmm. he said, I don't need it. I don't Come need on. nothing from the world. Don't you take nothing that's into the that's world it. and bring it into the church. That's and it. Talk about it's going to work here. physical battles that these kings were fighting but there is another battle that is going on inside of us there is a nature that is raging inside of us every place that they went to if you look at the places that these kings fought in one if you if you line it all up and look at it, it almost tells you a sentence but uh, when you talk about uh, Kiriat uh, it talks about uh, Ashtaroth Ashtaroth Kiriam it means two horns or it means the devil who has two horns? The devil. The devil's got two horns. And, 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 and the Zuzim, the name Zuzim meant hot. So the devil is, what does the Bible say? The devil has come down to you having great wrath. Church, we don't have time to play. The devil has come down to us having great wrath. 
He's hot. He's mad. He's angry. And he's trying to take everybody he can with him. He's yeah. trying to give you all the tricks, all the schemes, all everything. You might go home and your mate might come at you sideways and you wonder what's happening. Start saying, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, your children acting up. In the name of Jesus, your neighbor acting up. In the name of Jesus, because it's not against them, but the battle is with the wicked one. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return. I'm almost closed. From the slaughter of Chedorlaomer, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought uh -huh. forth bread and wine. Yeah. And he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, my possessor God. of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hands. We have to remember who is going to help us to fight those things in us that is fighting against our destiny? Who's going to help us to fight against that disposition that's not like God? Who's going to help us to fight against that anger that's in us? Who's going to help us to fight against that lust that's in us? Can't look at a woman pure no time. Who's going to help us to fight against that? The Bible said that Abram learned that it was God. Most high, which had delivered thine enemies into yeah. thy hand. Everything that's an enemy within us, God will deliver it into our hand. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. In my conclusion, as we view this text with our spiritual eyes, what significance, what implication does it hold for us today? Ephesians 1 4, we read it at the beginning. According as he had chosen us. Where? In. Listen to me now. Who had chosen us in him. Before the foundation of the world. Everything that God is working in our lives. He already had it planned before the foundation of the world. Why can't that bad experience destroy me? Because God already had a backup plan. He already addressed the thing before the foundation of the world. Before my uncle touched me in the wrong way. Before my brother touched me in the wrong way. God had already worked that thing out. There are some people that are carrying things with them year after year after year. Carry things from childhood into their adulthood. But Jesus said whatever that has done to you in your blood, in your heredity, in your disposition, whatever that has done with to you inwardly, he says my blood my blood, my blood I'm going to give you some new blood whatever was in your heredity whatever you got from your daddy, whatever you got from your mama, whatever you got going down the line from granddaddy and great granddaddy, things that we maybe didn't even know about he said my blood will address it all, my blood gonna cleanse you from it. My blood gonna set you free from it. You see, because the first person that we have to address, if we're gonna be right, is us. We've got to get us right. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Hebrews chapter 7. Don't miss it. Now, don't miss it. 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 Hebrews chapter 7, verse 10 in the World English Bible says for, uh, for Levi, for he was yet in the body of his father when Melchizedek met him. Amen. Did you read it? Let's read, let's read it together. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 10. Hallelujah. Let's read it. Let's read it. Then we're gonna close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abram returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abram, Abraham gave a tenth part of all. He tied unto this king. Who do we tie to? The Lord. So who was this king? Who was he? First being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem, which is the king of peace without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but but made like unto the son of God abided the priest continually. Now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of his spoils and verily they that are of the sons of Levi. Did you see it? Levi the priest, those that are the sons of Levi who received the offering of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithe of the people according to the law that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. <laughs> Y'all missed it. Before Levi even came on the scene, God had already addressed Levi. It said that while he was in his father's loins, what does the word loin mean? Anybody know? Ah. Asphus. The Greek word is asphus. It means the reproductive system. It means the reproductive organs. That while we were still in our father's loins, God gave us a new father, a new nature. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because what Levi's father Abraham did affected him. It's not just in the negative, but every righteous thing that my daddy did for the Lord. Every time he had faith in the Lord. I'm an inheritor of all of that. I am an inheritor of what God has given me. I am an inheritor. Now I have a new nature through God. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, y'all don't y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. Amen. Ephesians 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Children have what? The nature of their parents. Of their father and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Let me close with this. I gotta close. Everything. He said he chose us in him. Where is in him? In his loins. In his reproductive system. We're born again by the word of God. God has given us birth through the word of God. And everything that the parent has, the children have, right? So everything that God has because he has birthed us out of the word of God, because he has given us new life, because we are born again, because we're born from the beginning. Everything that Jesus inherited, we have. The Bible says that we are joined as
God bless you. Let us continue to meditate on God's word. Because God wants to use each and every one of us in an awesome way. But we have to get this right first. We have to get our heart right. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Before we go any further, we're going to have our announcements. Let me say that. I have been enjoying teaching the Bible study on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, and we're not just looking at the Word of God, but we're looking into the Word of God, into the Hebrew and the languages that the Bible was written in, and also the implications of Scripture and the continuity of Scripture, and God is, is blessing. I believe he's really blessing. I think that the people who are in the class are enjoying the class. Amen? Amen. Also... Uh, Trying to think, uh, we had a request. I think the lady's name is Sharon, and I heard that she used to be an usher. Is that her name, Sharon? Brenda. Brenda, I'm sorry, Brenda. Uh, we need to pray for her because she is headed to hospice. And uh, I don't really know that much about her, but all I've gathered that she used to be an usher here. She used to be an usher here. So, uh, Brother Percy and I are going to try to find out more information on her to be able to, you know, uh, pray for her and visit her. Uh, Rev, you know about uh, Brenda, the, used to be an usher here? Okay, what's she? No, I don't. I don't, uh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll find out. It's okay. Uh, at this time, let us hear from our church secretary if nobody else has any uh, announcements. I, I would like to... Uh, well, ask prayer for two, for Rennell Fields. Rennell Fields has been in the hospital, and uh, she's in the hospital now. Asking prayers for the, her and her family. That's Robin and Terry's daughter. And also, I was informed that David Diggs did pass away last night. Asking prayers for that family. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you. Church secretary. Let's hear from our secretary. All right. Good afternoon, church. Our announcements for today are as follows. For everything you have done, for everything you have given, thank you. From Herman White Jr. Thank you. Greetings. We attend the Baptist Church family tomorrow, invite you to attend our 10th annual Youth Extravaganza. Our theme is Faith in Action. The speakers for each night are as follows. Wednesday, uh, July 24th at 7 p.m., Reverend Kevin Lewis of True Vine Baptist Church. Thursday, July 24th at 7 p.m., Reverend Warren Johnson. And Friday, July 26th at 7 p.m., Reverend Keith Antoine. Please bring your youth groups to enjoy this experience with us, Lord in Christ, the Canada Baptist Church family. We, the pastor's office members of the Church at the Ham Baptist Church, invite you to Reverend John K. White Sr.'s 21st year appreciation service. This service will take place on Sunday, July 28, 2019, during our 11.30 a.m. worship service. Reverend Richard Williams, pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church in Homeville, will deliver the gospel message. 
August 3rd, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., St. Charles Parish 2019 Youth Rally, United Way of St. Charles and H2BB Backpack Extravaganza for teens, kids, young adults, and parents. At R.K. Smith Middle School, 281 Judge Edward Dufres Parkway, Lewis, the guest speaker will be Curtis Johnson, Saints wide receivers coach. Free school supplies for the first 700 children from United Way of St. Charles. Our annual Men and Women Day program will be held on Sunday, <laughs> August 11th at our 11.30 a.m. service. Our colors are white with yellow accessories. And we, are, we welcome any monetary donations to help us make this program a success. Thank you. Okay, imagine that concludes our announcements. Uh, except for Brother Percy, he has uh, something to share with you all. We have a, a, a book that's been requested and been suggested by our pastor that we use, going to use to prepare ourselves to study the Bible. It's going to be a Bible class, but it's going to be something that you can keep at home and you can get more from the Bible by using this book with some of the lessons that have been taught to us in Bible class. The book is ordered for us already, but the name of it is Strong's Concordance of the Bible. It's a fairly large book, not one you're going to be carrying back and forth to, to Bible class, but it's uh, at the Barnes & Noble bookstore. Now, the pastor and I have been talking to people at Barnes & Noble to get the discount that we need. It comes in large print, and it comes in regular print. I don't think we are going to like the small print. If you want some advice on that, you might talk to my cousin, uh, Betty, uh, who has one. <laughs> we probably all need the large print. And I'm making that assumption based on not just me, but some others I've seen. I've seen it, and it's very small. If we go to the 